bottles. <laughs> you probably saw the table when you came in. There's lots of baby bottles out there. They are actually banks for you to put your change in. And so this is what we did last year, and we do it every year from Mother's Day to Father's Day. So grab a bottle. Grab as if you want two, if you want three. Just make sure you fill them up and bring them back. Don't take them home, and then it gets lost and somewhere in the house, and then you find it like you know six months later. <laughs> We want you to fill it up with change. You can fill it up with dollar bills, $5 bills, anything you want. Last year, we raised almost $1,000 just to help. And it's helping women that are in a crisis, that are pregnant, having babies. And so this helps them get on the right path and the right track of life. And so this is a fun thing for us to do from Mother's Day to Father's Day. And so kids can grab banks and put all their change in it. Um, just have fun with it, but we don't want to have any banks left. And so we want them all taken. And, um, so we got a few weeks here to get it done. Are you excited about today? (laughs) Happy mother's day (laughs) with these, uh, thank you. (laughs) Kind of, everybody's kind of scattered all abroad here and there. It's good to see everybody's out today. Make sure you take care of your mom. (laughs) My kids, I still have little kids, and just this morning I was thinking, you know, there's one day that's coming, and they're going to be like too big, too old, seeing these teenagers, not really teenagers, like one's like going on to the 20s, you know? but they were in this church when they were little, and here they, now they would be like, we're too old to like make a card for mom, well, maybe on the computer, but like, I mean like crayons, you know, markers, drawing pictures, you know, the hand that's something, you know? You really can't tell. My son brought something home from school, and it was like a a wooden, like, round thing. And then he had his hand on it. And I thought, well, I think it's supposed to be a turtle, but I'm not really sure. And so I'm just going to keep quiet. (laughs) And then I I had it turned like this way, and he's like, no, 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 you got it upside down. And I'm like, see? (laughs) Just going to keep quiet. (laughs) So I was like, wow, thank you. Don't know what it is, but thank you. And so he did say it was a turtle. <laughs> and even when I looked at it this morning, I'm like, I still don't really see a turtle in that. But <laughs> I'm like, it's a turtle. <laughs> but, um, you know, my kids are still young, and I thought, there's going to be a day where they're going to not do any of this, so I better just take it in and have all the stuff out and the nice cards that they actually write. Because <laughs> you know? when you get bigger, it's just like you go to the store and you just grab a card. <laughs> so... But happy Mother's Day again. I'm excited that everybody's here today. It's going to be a good day. <clears throat> you know, just thinking about Mother's Day, I have a poem that I was going to read for all the moms today. This poem was written by um, a minister. It's Miss Trina Hankins. It's her father's mother that wrote the poem. When I read it the other day, I thought, oh, that's just so sweet. And so says, uh, my mom wrote this poem many years ago, many years ago. It says, the door to a mother's heart. The door that leads to a mother's heart is always open wide. And in her heart is a special place where peace and love abide. There is no lock on a mother's heart. Her children freely go for a pat on the cheek or a comforting word or something they want to know. Through years of work and prayer, she's learned her wise and tender art, for the nearest thing to the love of God is the love of a mother's heart. The nearest thing to the love of God 
is a mother's heart. Some days you may not th- think that that's true, but <laughs> you, <laughs> you may have like the daggers coming out. <laughs> but in your heart of hearts, you would do anything for your kids. Anything. Anything that they asked you. They could have just told you yesterday, I hate your guts. I wish you were never here. <laughs> I want a new mom. <laughs> You name it, when they get to be in those teen years. <laughs> I haven't come there. I'm a little bit getting close to that, I think. But <laughs> Or the attitude. But it, it quickly, you forget. When they need something. When they're coming in crying, they had a bad day. Like, all of that just leaves you. <laughs> and you think, I'm here to help. I'm here to be a support. And so, you may be here today, and you may have just lost your mother. You may not even have your mom here today, but I'm here to tell you there's still, there's hope in God. And to move forward and live your life, you may be here and maybe you've lost children. Maybe you've miscarried and maybe you have babies in heaven. We have a baby in heaven. Growing up in heaven, I think that's pretty, pretty good life. (laughs) To never know earth. (laughs) And all you know is heaven. But there's hope for you. And when I looked in through the Bible, you know, you there's a lot of women in the Bible. You know, and I just think that in these last days, God's going to use women mightily. So God has need of us. You know, we do a lot. <laughs> we take on a lot. That the, They call it multitasking. I just say, we take on a lot. Because you never know what's going to come the next day. You really don't know. And some days you get caught off guard. Or maybe it's a tragic, just a tragedy that happened in your life. Maybe someone passed away. Maybe there was a car wreck. Maybe you've got to take your child to the hospital. But you don't see that coming. In the midst of the trouble, there's hope. (laughs) There's not hope in the world But we as mothers, we as women, have hope in God, in Jesus. And I'm so thankful. As I was sitting sitting there this morning on the front row, it was just like, I'm just thankful for God. I'm thankful that on the days when I wake up and it seems like it's a really off day and I'm getting attacked right from the moment I wake up, stupid devil, no kidding that I can have hope because of who lives on the inside of me. And you may be here today and think, you know what, that that sounds really nice, but I don't really know that yet. Well, I just believe that if you stick around here long enough, you're going to know that hope, and you're going to know how to get that hope out of you to the outside, to where it affects your life and affects what you say, affects your kids and your home. But when I looked through all the women of the Bible, they were not princesses, although there were some princesses. But what I mean by that is when you pull up Disney, you see all the wonderful princesses and their glorious life. Everything's perfect. Not, even if something goes wrong, it's going to be a good day at the end. 
But most times when you look at them, they look perfect in their beautiful dresses. Their life is perfect. They have this, they have that. Well, that's not real life. <laughs> not really. But the women of the Bible were in the trenches going through it. And I don't know if you've ever read really on the women of the Bible. Wow. We're just going to look at a few. Look at the mother of Jesus, Mary. (laughs) She She was a willing servant who trusted God and obeyed his call. She didn't even know what was taking place. She had an angel come and visit her. She, she is pregnant. She's never known a man. This is from God. How wild is that? Like if somebody, if an angel came to you to tell you that, I mean, I think I would just be like, oh, really? You don't say. <laughs> How's that going to happen again? <laughs> I think I'd keep asking, like, now, how is that going to happen? <laughs> and I, I don't know that I would really believe it. I think I'd have a little bit of a hard time (laughs) believing it. But she believed. And she went with the call of God. Even when it didn't look so great. Even when she knew that she was going to have to go through the trenches. That she was going to be ridiculed. Made fun of. She did it anyway. Her life held great honor. But her calling also required great suffering. She responded to God with great obedience and submission to her part in his great plan. Thank God that she followed God. (laughs) Thank God. Because we, as a result of her following God's plan, we have life. And we have Jesus. And we have freedom. We can break barriers in our own lives because of what Mary did to answer the call. When you look at uh, Eve, she's the first woman on earth. She was a lot of first. First woman to have children. The first. Think of that. The great call that she had. The first wife, the first mother, a lot of firsts going on with her. If she was the first one to do these things, no, she'd never seen it before. So no one had gone before her that she could say, oh, yeah, do it like that. She had to trust God to do it every step of the way, every step, because she was the first. But now we have her example of what to do and what not to do, right? But thank God that she came and that she followed God. Because of what she did, we don't have to live under the curse. We can live for Jesus. We, can, we have learned how to honor God, what it is to listen to him when he tells us something. We've learned by her example. When the devil comes, 
who's talking to us and who should we listen to. And we learn how the devil actually does come to us. <laughs> we can follow her example and live life rightly. You look at Sarah, there's so many, <laughs> so many women in the Bible that you could find yourself in there somewhere. There's Sarah, the, the woman that was barren, that had, that uh, they said that you're going to have a child, and she was like, oh, she laughed at the word of the Lord. Have you ever laughed at something that God told you? <laughs> because it seemed nowhere near that that was going to happen anywhere in this lifetime. But God sees that about us. If we just get on God's page, but so many times we're on our own page, but God's got his own page about us. You know, we just saying that God sees everything through the eyes of love. Everything. But that's like a mother, if you think about it. Even though your kids might act up, maybe they going a wrong way, making a wrong turn in life. It's not okay that they're making a wrong turn, but yet it's okay because you're the mom and you, you're going to pray for them and you're going to help them get through it. And you know, because you can see the other side, you can see God's side, the word side, and you can see the, the side that the devil has for them. So because you can see, you can help them. But just all through the eyes of love. God's the same way with us. He can see over there. He can see over there. And he can see his plan on that other side. And so he helps us get to that. So I believe that God's got a plan for women in this last days. Pastor says the year of power to believe God. Ladies, you got it in you. You may not feel like it some days, but you've got Jesus on the inside of us to keep going, to press through, and to show our kids what it is to live for God in these days. You know, there are so many. When you go online <laughs> and you look at how to train kids. You look at all the books and all the information. We, we get bombarded trying to figure out what a healthy family looks like or what a healthy mother looks like or healthy kids. And I don't mean just eating the right things. I mean all the way around. But we're all different. And if you look at the base of all of that, it's really fear-based. Well, you know, your kids should, you should feed your kids organic food, but, which is a good thing, but there are three companies that you should eat from. Well, well, I'm feeding my kids from this one over here, so then I get in fear because I'm not doing this. So you, it's all across the board, all across, you name it. Well, you should do it like this. Well, you, if you say it like this to your kids, you're going to really hurt them for the rest of their life. Well, sometimes I don't say things real nice. I can tell you that. <laughs> but I'm real good at coming back and bridging the gap. <laughs> I'm a real good bridge gapper. <laughs> you know? 
I'm not afraid to go to my kids and say, you know what? I'm really sorry because that came out wrong and it came out bad. You forgive me? It's okay to ask your kids forgiveness. <laughs> it's okay. I don't have to be so prideful that I can't do it. But you name it. You Google anything. What does a healthy family look like? Oh, my word. You'll get every name under the sun. I mean, this, that, this, that. Oh, do it like this. Oh, it has to be this way and that way. And you, you get confused and bombarded, overwhelmed as a parent. I like things simple, and I like to follow God. And so in the midst of all of that, God has the perfect way for you. She might do it different than I do it, but it's okay. She might be different than me. It's okay. But so many times we as mothers are trying to live up to the next one. When somebody comes along and does it better than you, you think, well, okay. (laughs) And it makes you feel guilty or shameful. No, I think we're all different. And I think that that's how God made us. When I look at each and every mom that's here, I can think of something really good for each of you. And the other one's not like that. And that's what makes you so awesome. Especially for your kids that you love so much. But there's many women in the Bible. There is a Shunammite woman that made room for God in her life. When she made room for him, she actually was making room for her household. When she made room for the man of God to come by, she made room in her house. When he came by, God said, whatever you have need, whatever, what is your heart's desire? And it was to have a child. Because she couldn't have a child. To have a son. Well, God granted that. But then the son died. He was out in the field. My head hurts. My head hurts. And the son died. But God just gave her that son. How, how would God take away a son? Well, God didn't take him away. But how does that happen? Because God gave that son. She made room for God in her life. So God answered. And God answered again. So even though trouble came to her house, she already made room for God ahead of time. So when trouble came back around to her house, she was faithful till the end. And she said, no, she trusted God. You ever hold on to something so tight and you're like, "Mm -mm. oh, no, you don't. (laughs) This is how it's going to be and this is how it's going to (laughs) happen. You ever get like that? (laughs) you hold on to something so tight because it's either do it or you die kind of thing. That's how she was with God because she made room for God. And her faithfulness got God's attention and her trust in God. But she had to make room first to get through the storms of life. And you know what? God got her through. That boy came back. God got her through. 
And so making room for God, it looks different, I think, in every home, every woman, every mother. I think it looks different. Because you may have never made room for God, but you're going to start by coming to church. So you're opening the door by coming to church. You may have never gone to church before in your life. While another one, reading the Bible longer, making more room for God. I'm going to start praying. I'm making room for God. We're going to start as a family, reading the word of God together. Maybe one scripture, I'm making room for God. Every time something happens, I look to God, I'm making room for God. Making room for God looks different, all kinds of ways. But it's just making room for him to come into our households. And so I just want to look really quick, really quick, <laughs> like it's just look at the time. What does a healthy family look like? Healthy family. Now, we all can eat well. That's healthy. <laughs> but I'm not going to talk about eating right, because <clears throat> I'm probably not a good one at that. <laughs> but I have taken the Diet Coke down. Praise the Lord. I, just, I, think, I feel like I need a, a medal for that. And so I have limited it, and I am drinking more water. You'd be so proud of me, Jordan, so proud, (laughs) wherever you are. And so, but making room for God. We're going to turn over to Proverbs chapter 24 first, and I'll just go through some scriptures real quick. There are three areas that we can make room for God. Three things that reflect a healthy family. Number one is our commitment to each other. You got to be committed. Because if you're not committed, the world will help you get uncommitted real quick. Help you leave, disconnect. There's a lot of families that live together, but they're disconnected from each other. They live separate lives, but staying committed to each other. A lot of times when you get hurt, it's easy to pull away, <laughs> right? Don't be by myself. Pull away from the family because I've been hurt. But commitment says on your worst day, I still love you. I still love you. That can go uh, with a kid. You know, uh, when, when kids become teenagers, a lot of times <clears throat> they pull away. And they start mouthing stuff off. They disconnect from you. And that's just kind of what a teen goes through. And so if you know that, you know how to handle it. (laughs) But teens, they'll, uh, you know, uh, hate you. You're the worst mom ever. Um, I wish you, maybe say, I wish you were dead. I wish you weren't here. Um, You name it. I don't need your help. They can just say some really hurtful things. And you, you know, as a parent, you can say, oh, yeah, okay, all right. You want it that way? That's, that's fine. And you can disconnect from that child and just give, all right, you want it that way? Then we'll see how well that works for you. And you can walk away. But, you know, counselors, it has been proven that counselors have said, Christian counselors, 
<laughs> we'll say that first because <laughs> I'm sure there's everything under the sun. Um, Christian counselors have said that teens go through this and that what they're looking for is to know that you're committed to them, that you're not going to leave. That was wild to me when I heard that. Like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, where are we going to go? <laughs> but you know, there's parents that leave. I had a dad that was not, I'm trying to think if he was ever around. When I was really little, I think he was. <laughs> but my parents got divorced when I was seven, and so my dad was never around. I did not grow up with a father. So I, there's just a lot there because I was disconnected from a father that I felt just left me, left me with my mom. So we went to counseling when I would think I was in high school, junior year in high school, or maybe when I was out of high school, I can't remember. It was a long time ago. But we went to counseling, my dad and I. We're sitting there and you're getting it all out. But that was, that was what came out. Why did you leave me? That's what I told my dad, ball. Why did you leave me? And he didn't see it like that. But we, you know, we patched it up. But there's still things. I, I did not have a father growing up. And so I'm real kind of hard on pastor because I didn't have one. And he's a really good, really good dad. But I'm real adamant, like, you know, you should do this. You should do that. This and that. Because I didn't have it. And so when I see my kids, I, it makes me joyful to see them playing with dad, interacting, because I didn't have that growing up. But staying committed. And when those teens discover that you won't leave them, counselors have said they will stop. Isn't that wild? It's so simple, yet it's so complicated. When they know. So you know what that means? On your worst day, I'm not going anywhere. You might have to get tough. Might be some discipline <laughs> that needs to happen. But when they know, not going anywhere, I just want you to know I love you. Tomorrow comes, I'm not going anywhere, and I want you to know I love you. I hate you. I love you. <laughs> get out of here. I love you. Not going anywhere. You may want me to, but I'm not. <laughs> so commit, committed to each other. So Proverbs chapter 24, verses 3 and 4, says, Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So we build our houses through wisdom, godly wisdom. That means the word of God can help us. So commitment is faithfulness till the end. Number two, it's spend time together. <laughs> In a world where there's sports and you name it and this and that and, oh, dear Lord, all the things at school that you have to do <laughs> just to keep a, a, up on it. Spend time together. And you know, it's real good to plan special nights and special days and you know, look forward to those. Those are awesome. But where do you spend the most of your time as a mother? <laughs> what do you do the most of? Some of you may say work, a job, work. 
every day, which is true. But what do you do at home? Laundry. Unload the dishwasher. You may have kids that help you. Unload the dishwasher. Then you got to put the dishes away. Then you have to reload the dishwasher, cook dinner, clean the bathrooms, vacuum. You have to vacuum. It's going to get really yucky. Just your day-to-day stuff. And it doesn't go away. You spend a lot of time doing those things. Just keeping up with life. So spending time with your family can be as simple as sitting down, eating together. And it doesn't have to look a certain way. It's just that you're spending time together. That your kids see you and you see them. It can be, we're going to fold this laundry together. We're going to, boys probably wouldn't want to do that very much, but (laughs) we're going to go out and do yard work. We're just going to hang out. We don't have to spend all kinds of money, although that's fine if you have it to do. We don't have to spend all kinds of money to be together. We don't have to do, you can just be together. Spending time together. And number three is communication. Listening happens both ways. We listen to our children, and our children listen to us. And there may be times where they don't give good answers. How was your day? Fine. Great. You may get the, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, no. You may be looking for more answers, but just keep asking. Just stick with it. Every day. How was your day today? What? My uh, pastor will ask our kids, what was the best thing about your day? Sometimes it's like, mm, I don't know. Well, did anything bad happen today? Mm, no. <laughs> you know, it may be the answers you get, but stick with it. Because if you stop, you stop the communication. You don't want to stop that. Because there's going to come a day where they unload. <laughs> because you kept the communication there with them. I'm just going to read Ephesians chapter 4. Real quick. Another scripture that you could look to, look at another time. Deuteronomy chapter 6 talks about keeping God's commandments. And that the very commandments of God would be the fabric of your life. That it's when you eat, you think on them. When you lie down, you think on them. When you're uh, at noonday, in the evening, when you're going to work. It names every scenario of your day-to-day life. And all that means is Jesus is the center of your life, the center of your family, the center of your days, the very fabric. And your kids know we follow Jesus. You may say, my kids probably don't really know that. They, they know sports and they know, um, you name it. All the extracurricular, they know know, chess club, they know school activities, but do they know Jesus? And over at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. This is us, moms. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. 
Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And so sometimes we look at that and say, well, I'm not evil. I just, are you angry all the time? Is everything harsh that comes out of your mouth because you're always in the moment trying to hurry up? And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave us. I'm working on that in my home right now with my kids, being tender-hearted, kind to each other. We work together. We communicate. Doesn't mean we, I tell my kids, the Bible says you can be mad, but you can't sin. So you can't go telling her what you think about everything and yell at her. That's when it becomes sin. <laughs> you know? So you can be mad, but you got to work with, through it. If we teach our kids now, they'll be adults that choose the right path in life. You can go ahead and stand. Choosing the right path in life. And so we didn't all come from perfect homes. And sometimes they may have made the wrong decisions. But we have a choice right now today if we're going to duplicate the same stuff that maybe wasn't so good. Or we're going to make the choice to say, okay, we're going to have to do things different with my kids. So I'm going to pray over you and then we'll go ahead and be dismissed. Father, I thank you for all the moms that are here today, every family that's represented. I thank you, Lord, for strength and for grace that is on the inside of each of us. I thank you, Lord, that you're helping us to be all that we can be in you, that we can do all things through you, Jesus, that's on the inside of us. Help us to lead and to guide our kids. Help us to to guide our home in the right path. Lord, I thank you. That as moms that we're hungry for you and hungry for the word like never before. And that this year, it will be the best year for us. The best year for our kids. The best year for our families. The best year for my career and my work. Father, I thank you that we answer the call. First, as a child of God. And as a wife. And as a mother. It will answer the call and the duty every day. I thank you for strength. In Jesus' name, amen.